Welcome back to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. And since it's Tuesday, you know it. We've got the wonderful Andrew Dambina joining us. Andrew, it's great to have you again. How are you doing? And Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well, Noreen. And um, yeah, doing doing pretty well. It suddenly turned, as we've been just waiting to go on air, into a blue sky filled day. It's, it's a portent of great things to come. Exactly. Possibly not in this segment, but for the year. I hope so. I really <laughs> yeah. hope so. Well, I think we've, we've been through yeah. enough. So I think it's, it's good that we've right. r- cornered, rounded off in, uh, into a new year. So what have you got for us uh, this week then? Are we going to be talking about some okay. future trends? Have you got your crystal ball ready? Well, yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's kind of loaded with some uh, research from some different types of organizations. Two different organizations. One, which is more focused on the industry side of food. Um, it's a, a 100-plus-year-old company from the U.S., which is a consultant for... Uh, it started off um, as a dairy consultant for dairy flavorings, for yogurts, things like that, but it's gone into all kinds of other food flavorings for a whole long list of brands that we won't go near mentioning um, in, in America, and they're, they're actually multinational uh, brands, some of them. So this is a really well-positioned company for a look at uh, where it sees predictions um, for the for the uh, following year, and then we're going to take a slightly different take from another look from a consu- from a big consumer magazine title. So we're looking at two different ways um, of looking at what might be in store. Of course, massively um, influenced, we goes without saying, by uh, the pandemic, the global pandemic that we've been facing. Because normally at this time of the year, we'd be tracking more the kind of the footfall that had happened in uh, the year before of people going to restaurants, which of course hasn't happened too much, but um, a, uh, a tracking for taste can certainly be gained from what people have been ordering from grocery orders online, from takeaway orders. Um, actually, ta- talking of takeaway, um, this, this weekend's just passed. Um, you know, uh, with only two people being able to go to a restaurant, my son's birthday is in a couple of days, and um, it, we decide, I decided to get, um, because I um, didn't want to do, certainly didn't want to do a big gathering, but I certainly did want to have dinner with his grandmother, who we've been unable to sit at a restaurant table with for a very long time. So um, we, I ordered uh, a takeaway uh, dish that was, uh, sorry, a meal that was 10 minutes away by, uh, by one of those motorbike food uh, courier companies um, that do food orders. Yes, yeah. I know which one you're talking about. Is is it the one with the Australian animal or the one with the Chinese yeah. animal? Anyway, never mind. Aussie. We won't go. <laughs> we won't go into that. <laughs> yeah, okay, everything that's... but saying the name there, isn't it? Really, exactly. Yeah. Our, our listeners yeah. are very smart. Okay, that's that's great yeah. that you're able to sort of support uh, local restaurants and and you know enjoy. Uh, yeah, because I suppose everybody's oh. been having so much home cooked meals. It's sometimes nice to enjoy yeah. restaurant food, even though you're not able to go to a restaurant. Well, you can, but with the, with the two people well, that, that, that I mean I do I do want to support it when we can um, but I've got to say it wasn't the coldest evening it was at the weekend just gone it wasn't the coldest evening but um, the food did not arrive um, all particularly warm oh, and it was um, and it was 10 minutes away the restaurant yeah and it was and it's a good restaurant and um, so I think between good restaurants and uh, delivery services, 
Um, much should be done in this coming year because we've had extended uh, restrictions yet again, we've just heard in the last day or two. And um, so I think it really is up to them. We that it's a hard time and they're struggling, but so are other people who are paying those bills. So I think that, that more efficiency in keeping things uh, warm by the time they arrive is pretty crucial. So um, that's, that's my shout out there. Yeah, um, uh, just to add to that, if the restaurant is actually quite close in distance, um, contractually, the, the driver or the deliverer, the, the, the courier, if you like, the, the delivery person, they have an option mm. of either walking or riding a bicycle rather than on the ah. motorbike or, or other forms of transport. So, because cause we really? also ordered from a restaurant that was quite close by, very close by, mm. and and our guy um, arrived, um, you know, uh, by foot. On which, foot. Yeah, yeah. Um, on foot, which is fine, um, but then our food was cold. So, yeah. Good, oh, good for oh, the, right. Yeah. Our, our not food. fine then, really, is it? <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Good for the environment, but not so yeah. good for, for our tummies. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's our gripes then. One all on cold food t- delivery. Um, okay, so um, I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll just mention then that the company I spoke of briefly before in the US, based in Chicago, uh, started more than a hundred years ago, and these are its seven predictions for the food industry, um, mostly as it's based in Chicago, looking through the lens of America. But I'm sure a lot of these will apply to places further afield, including ourselves. So, the first, the first one that it lists, and this is according to its own uh, research with the many, many companies that supplies with flavorings and dairy components to their food. Go um, for it. I'm ready for, yeah, for your recommendations. So, the first, okay, first one, Transparency Triumph. Mm. Um, the company Ed Long says that to meet consumer demand, it's more important than ever, and we have spoken about it before, but it's top of the list um, for brands to up their transparency game. That means from clean label uh, labeling. Oh dear, I think we just lost uh, Andrew Dambina, but don't fret because we shall get him back live on air. We've got Andrew Dambina uh, joining us uh, this afternoon, um, our food and drinks correspondent, and let's try and get him back on air uh, live right now. Let's see if we can connect to him. This is rather exciting. It's, it's almost oh, like, no. oh, that's his ringtone. Right there? Noreen. That's Noreen. right. You're back hello, on air. We, we, we rang you back on air, um, and we heard a bit of your ringtone, uh, which is always nice. <laughs> Sorry about that. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> I felt like one of those okay. radio presenters calling, like, you know, I don't know, uh, somebody winning a contest or something. You're live on the radio right now. Congratulations. All right. Yes. Okay. Thank you very Oh, I can't believe it's happening to me. Right. Thank you very much, Noreen. So... Um, tra- transparency we were talking about with uh, with ingredients and that means uh, very clear labeling of exactly what is in the food products um, for um, uh, and not only from the uh, retail side but also more and more information given on menus and we've touched on this before where in some mostly middle to top end uh, restaurants that I've noticed that um, uh, you know, you can be cynical and say it's about marketing, but it's, it is about transparency, about the not only the country of origin of meat, but the breed of cattle if it's meat, or the fish, whether it is farmed or wild, and even the names of the suppliers, and really going down to micro detail. I mean, 
These can be almost asterisks with footnotes, if you like. People don't want to sit there reading an essay before they eat something. But it is great to be uh, completely uh, in the know about what's going into your digestive, isn't it? Mm. So that's, that's, that's one thing. Um, and ethical concerns uh, also are going to be continuing to be more and more in demand by the consumer. That, uh, that company has noticed through, uh, through orders of having... Um, fair pay to, uh, to to farmers and food producers as well. Um, in co- uh, and in fact, according to another um, consumer survey of the 2020 year last year by Innova Marketing Insights, which is a multinational uh, leader of food and beverage industry market research, three in five global consumers say that they're interested in uh, learning more about their, where their food comes from and how it's made. So um, uh, this has now gone beyond the term of uh, um, of clean label for transparency about organic and uh, additive-free produce, but also to show how humane a, a, a product is. That could be from the uh, um, you know from the way that animals uh, are slaughtered because if people are eating meat to sustainability of produce, whether it is a sustainable. Uh, fruit, vegetable, meat, fish, or whatever. So that's that's the first thing. Then transparency is going to become more and more demanded by the consumer. Next one, plant forward focus. Again, it's moving forward with something that we've spoken about, probably you and I, um, for more than a year. I would say one to two years. The um, the rise of um, two particularly well-known brands. We don't need to mention them. Which are the burger and sausage manufacturers, which are um, which are which are everywhere now in Hong Kong and around the world. Do you mean plant-based ones? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, we. I think it, we can mention. I think we have done in the past the impossible, and also we have done. Yeah. We have. Yeah, done, we have. Yeah. So. And beyond. Yeah, beyond and impossible. Yeah, exactly. And um, so the um, so Ed Long, the uh, you know that that uh, the company that's doing the this prediction says that. Um, those massive companies have driven even more um, expansion and uh, investigation by other smaller makers and also to cover more categories for alternative proteins. And if you think what proteins are, they don't say this, but if you think what proteins are, it's not just meat and fish, nuts and, uh, and soy. You could find plant-based, well, soy is, is a plant-based, but people who are intolerant to certain things like nuts, who have nut allergy, let's say, rather than soy, um, or people that don't want to. Um, some people believe that there are that there's a lot of estrogen um, in soy products. So some people want to have alternatives even to soy through other uh, plant combinations made by um, food science research. So the uh, the average uh, growth in plant-based food and drink um, in 2020. Um, according to this company, was 36%. Massive. And that's in time of COVID being rampant. Um, So they do also go on to say that one in five global consumers um, don't seek um, plant-based alternatives to to, uh, straightforward proteins they're used to because they perceive the taste of the original proteins as being better. So that means that the market is wide open for plant-based protein producers to increase their appeal. Yeah. Are to, you a big fan of? Them. Yeah. Are you a big fan of sort of plant-based meat or meat alternatives? Well, we do have 
Yeah, we have the burgers um, reasonably often. And um, I know that we've, uh, we have touched on this before as well, but the reason for that was to have something that was lighter and to, to get down a bit of red meat content. But, but yeah, some of they, they have come under scrutiny for the additives, haven't they? Which yeah. is... Uh, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. a fan of them. I, I mean, I, I like it, and I like the fact that I'm not consuming as much meat and you know, and, and and all of that. But at the same time, I'm sometimes worried because it's very processed, very processed. So when you think yeah. about you know not having processed meat, I suppose this is still I'm not having processed food. Sorry, um, this is still processed food. So I'm still a bit more. I'm still a bit worried. I don't know. Yeah. I wonder if our listeners, it's a genuine, yeah, share this mm. concern. Yeah, that's a genuine concern, and it's one that has been. Uh, discussed and is still being discussed a bit um, and I think that that then makes the challenge um, you know there are other producers or, or, or I'm sure it will happen if the big producers let's say beyond an impossible feel that they're hearing this too often that they will they will make a big noise about uh, not having so many uh, additives or find ways first to do that and then make a big noise about it if they don't I think that there's more room for others to to do that and to move into a, an even more natural way of having plant-based foods. Mm. So, um, another, okay, another trend, number three on this list is dining out style branding. So consumers um, have, have much more kind of flexible access because of what happened with COVID and what's still going on to order as flexibly and when, when they want and how they want. And the consumer need and... Uh, being held hostage sometimes when restaurants are not open for very long or sometimes in some places where they're shut down completely. Um, they want to have things that's been going on for a long time, things that are more um, with more variety than they've been used to. And some restaurants have been responding to this very well and they've actually cleverly gone for their own restaurant branding. So they'll make their own sauces, um, they'll, they'll make their own seasonings and they'll make sure that they're their branding of, project, of, uh, uh, of their restaurant, their identity is seen on the dinner table at home, which is quite, quite clever. And people like that because when they've got a favourite restaurant that they maybe meet up with family or friends, there's some level of comfort in seeing that brand on their table and it's better than just feeling, oh, I can never go out anymore. <laughs> so um, there's, um, there's, it, this applies also to snacks, not just meals. And I know we can mention brands now and then, I'll, I'll just say that the, the U.S.'s biggest producer of uh, potato chips um, has has uh, has recently launched something from a very small restaurant in Nashville, Tennessee. Not available here, as far as I've seen in supermarkets, but called Nashville Hot Chicken Potato Chips. And in small print, the name of the restaurant, a little restaurant, an independent one, called Party Fowl, is on there. And that's that, so like huge. You know, it's it. I'll say it, it's Lay's crisps, which is everywhere in Hong Kong as well. And they've, um, you know, they've, they've produced a flavour which is inspired by a recipe in one small restaurant in Nashville. And this is the, um, and this happened during last year. And according to um, Ed Long, where this uh, survey came from that we're talking about, the top seven, they, um, they say that we should expect to see more of this, that... Um, people are bringing stars of the food and drinks industry into their home because we're in we're eating at home so often next one is um to be in keeping in tune with immune uh keeping immune and so the pandemic has um made people think more about um uh boosting their immunity to covid of course and so looking for food and beverage products 
that support immune health. I won't say any more about that. Mm. It kind of speaks for itself. Mm. Um, next one, number five, uh, a trend for science and nutrition. So, uh, according to the uh, Innova Consumer Reports, technology is addressing demands for food and uh, beverage with enhanced nutritional value as well. And that's been happening over the last few years. It's not just due to COVID. Um, and so four in five consumers agree with the statements from Innova that was, I believe in progress in food and beverage through science. So people want to feel that what they're eating at home or outside when they can is really with the best available 21st century um, science that, um, that it is kept to the optimum without all of the loss of nutritional values that um, that previously flavour enhancements and preservatives um, would have negative effects. Um, number six on this list of predictions in the food industry is product mashups. And so that's for different um, types of food or dish to be brought together with a flavour that you wouldn't expect. Um, if you think about back years ago, how, how uh, a big cola company started going for fruit flavours with lemon and cherry and things like that, you know, at the time it was like, what? What are they doing? And so <laughs> people, people now, nowadays are looking maybe a little more sophisticated or wise than just that. And so, uh, yep, so Ed Long is saying that they've got their sights on, uh, on mashups that are looking a little more uh, deep than that. For example, oh, this doesn't sound too deep, though. They say, think ice cream pizzas. Well, I'm not sure. Ice I don't know cream I... pizzas. Wow. Yeah. So, so they're, they're thinking of, of ways of having, a, um, uh, having it either served in a restaurant or that people at home can enjoy having pizzas with ice cream. Now, I'm not sure about this. I don't know. What you, what do you, how does that sound to you? I mean, we're not talking about a sweet pizza. We're talking about a savoury pizza with ice cream. They don't, they don't state whether the ice cream would be savoury or sweet, though. That's so we so have to weird. use our imagination. Yeah, I'm just trying yeah. to think mixing cheese with ice cream. I suppose you could have a cheese-flavoured ice cream that's a bit sort of savoury and sweet. You could. I d I d yeah, I don't know. Mozzarella, yeah, mozzarella. mozzarella ice cream yeah. on, on, on a hot, sunny day. That, 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 that might work, yeah. But right. I think I've probably told you at least, at least once. So You'd have to have pineapples. You'd have to have pineapples in it to make it a really delicious pizza, though. I can sort of feel well, the listeners, you know, sort of getting you, you, yeah, you, you, getting flamed. You might, you might get some. <laughs> mm, you might, yeah, yeah. You might get some Facebook messages about that, Noreen, uh, or or emails because people feel strongly. Some people feel strongly one way or the other about that. I don't particularly, but some <laughs> people do. Yes, um, so um, and um, the last one after product mashups or uh, food mashups, then is a, a, a taste. Uh, a renewed or deepened taste for so-called comfort foods um, will return. And um, that's, uh, th th they say in this uh, projection that uh, at times of unease, unrest and uncertainty, consumers seek comfort foods that remind them of happier, less turbulent times. So as the world continues, you know, we, we don't know how long it's going to be to get over COVID. And I guess I should add other stresses that are felt in different parts of the world other than COVID too. Um, they're reckoning that um, that you can uh, take comfort in certain comfort foods. And they're not talking about only falling back on nostalgic things that you ate when you were a kid and familiar comfort foods that your grandma made or something like that. It's, it's also um, bringing modern twists into favourite uh, classics. So I don't know if it was a roast. They don't say this here, but if it was a 
a Western roast meat or, let's say, a, a Chinese congee, maybe it would have a more... They do say that to have more modern inclusions. So not to go the same mash-up route that we just discussed, but having something that people are familiar with and just giving it a very small, subtle twist of flavour. Wow. So well, I look forward to that for, for this year, then. Yeah. That's, I can see that we've only got about a minute or so left. No, we haven't. We've only, go... got, we've only got 10 seconds and I've got to do the weather. I'm so sorry, Andrew, but we'll have oh, to okay. return to uh, perhaps uh, we'll revisit this another time. And that's Andrew sure. Dambina, our food and drinks correspondent. Thank you very much indeed, Andrew. Happy New Year to you. And 